G'day and welcome back to the Wingy Podcast. It's been a bit of a hiatus, but we are back. An indefinite hiatus, but all good bands, well not all good bands, but a lot of good bands have had hiatuses and they've returned. Such as? uh, One Direction? Did they? No, they didn't return. Oh, no, okay. Um, I had had a band in my head. Normally bands have hiatuses and return with a solo record, so we're sort of going a bit different. We're coming back as a duo still, so you're lucky. Because I've got to take over while you were gone. So. Well, we didn't capitalise. and But, you know, we did capitalise recently. We had a huge trade period and there was mm. some serious, serious... I mean, one word we had written down here is wow. What a what a ridiculous trade deadline. Well, it shows you that it's Super Bowl week and all we're talking about is the NBA. Unreal. No one's talking about the NFL. It's crazy, isn't it? It shows you how, just how big it has been. Oh, 100%. And considering the last uh, six months for trades, you know, end of the uh, start of the season... And then, you know, leading up to this, so dead shit boring. Yeah. It was just Rudy Gobert and that was it. Yeah. Now it's all come to a head. So let's get through the trade deadline and some of the biggest winners and some of the biggest losers that were that were there. So biggest winner, no brainer, straight off the bat, it's the Phoenix Suns and it's Kevin Durant. They've essentially paid four first round picks, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson for a championship. The first Phoenix yep. championship ever. It is a first in, in yeah, franchise history, isn't it? Yeah. So wow. If you think about where Phoenix has come from, from probably about this time, six, seven years ago, yep. they were one of the worst teams in the league, constantly yep. getting picks at the top of the draft and really fumbling them, apart from Devin Booker, really. Uh, and and if Devin, that was a bit of luck yeah, to be involved, exactly. to be fair. And you even look at where they were uh, when the bubble happened in 2020, just two, three years ago now. Um, they were just a middling team and yep. sort of fighting right at the bottom of the West, and now they've come up, and they're probably the, the title favourites right now as well. Got to so. be. They're the clear favourite in the West, um, I think, going forward, and they've got to be the clear favourite for the finals, I think, now. That team is... It brings me to my next point, that team. Is there a better starting five on paper? Have we ever seen a better starting five on paper? Yeah, I think you could argue the Warriors' starting five on paper With was the KD a little years. bit better. Yeah, exactly, because yep. obviously they had Curry, Clay. KD, uh, they had Draymond in there, and, and then they had Iguodala um, yeah. around as well. So fair, I fair. think certainly in terms of this year, I think it's the best starting five yeah. ever. It's got to be up there as well. Well, it tends to think you think if you maybe add up all stars or whatnot, it's got to be through the roof. Chris yeah. Paul's probably eleven times or wherever it is. KD himself, Booker's got a few times. up his up his sleeve. Yeah, Aiton, I mean, he probably doesn't have the resume for it, but he will eventually. And a yeah. number one pick, of course. So well, it's three blokes that have been in the MVP conversation over the last three years. Yeah, just circling around that. Like obviously, uh, what Chris Paul has been able to do with this Phoenix team, completely changing them around, and it's just been phenomenal what um, Devin Booker has been able to turn into as well. He's a star. Obviously. He has a 70-point game up his sleeve as well, and Kevin Durant's one of the best scorers of all time. So those two sort of coming at a head and, and being on the same team is extremely scary for everyone in the West. 100%. And I think the biggest winner from this is Chris Paul. Mm. Uh, he might finally get that elusive, elusive championship, which he so thoroughly deserves. And what do you think of what uh, the Nets actually got back for this trade? I don't mind it. We're going to find out now how... Um, how important players like Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges mm. are when they're gone. I think it's one of those you don't realise what you've had until it's gone. Yep. That might be Phoenix's issue right now. For the Nets, I think Mikhail's a star. Yep. Both sides of the ball. He's been just balling out offensively recently. Yeah. Not Ab- just a rebounding... Over 21 you know, points per game over exactly. the period that Devin Booker's been out. Cam Johnson's a, a fantastic three-point shooter and yep. he's long and he's Good tall. Defender. Great defender. So... I think it's okay for the Nets. Mm. I don't think you're going to get much better. No. And those four first-round picks, obviously, that's the going rate for superstars these days is just first-round picks. Not even superstars. Just and, mediocre Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That's it. But I really think that Phoenix have 
been the biggest winner in this just because of what they had to give up. Yeah. Like, obviously, we talk about Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson as great players. Those four first-round picks, all unprotected. But I think to give it up for a superstar... That's probably one of the cheapest superstars that we're seeing going at the moment, and it is the one of the it's probably the biggest superstar you could get. Yeah, literally, he's probably the best player to have on yeah. to slot into every team. He he yeah. comes in and he doesn't really take away from any others. He largely just adds to the team. You won't see uh, Devin Booker or uh, Chris Paul sort of lose anything from him being there. No. You'll see them gain quite a lot as well. So, um, but they only gave up the, obviously the four first round picks, which has been the going rate for players like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I think we can comfortably say that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert don't quite um, sort of come up to Kevin Durant's standards whatsoever. No. So um, to pay that sort of similar region for them, and it's not like he's expiring it either. He's got three le- years left, so you get three shots at this, and they could honestly come out of this with three titles. Very, very easily. Yeah. Now, let's move on to a loser, and uh, I guess this goes straight into it. The loser from uh, this trade period is the Western Conference. Yeah, there was... So, like, it was quite funny because only 48 hours ago, we were looking at the West being wide open, there being no real contender, Denver being sort of the biggest uh, of the contenders, and now it's like, well, you got Phoenix and everyone else. Yep. So you don't really see uh, many teams going to be able to match up against them in the playoffs. Obviously, they've now got the length, they've got the shooting, they've got the... They've got the players who have been there before as well. This is it. Chris Paul and Devin Booker have been to the finals, uh, or Aiton as well, and obviously Durant's gone and won two finals MVPs, so... He slots right into that team and makes it really scary for the rest of the Western Conference. Now let's move on to another Western Conference team that we've noted down as a winner. Not everyone has, but we think they're a bit of a winner. Uh, a team of, oh, what do you call it, mismatch in terms of experience and inexperience. It's the Lakers. They acquire D'Angelo Russell, Millie Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Now I've watched those three players very, very closely last year at Minnesota, and you've got mm. an elite, selfless, tenacious, just wants to win, just wants to just play his role, doesn't care about anything else, and Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Every team needs that. Simple 100%. as that. Beasley, actually a quite a quality enough defender. Very tenacious on defense as well. And a great three-point shooter. But he's a volume shooter. Yeah. So, But he fits in a LeBron team. Mm. That's all that matters. And D'Angelo Russell has his has his qualities, has his knocks. Fits in this team again. Yeah. Better fit than what the Lakers had. I think that has to be a win for the Lakers. Yeah, well, the things that Lakers were missing were rebounding, yep. defending, threes, and that other ball handler as well. Uh, that's exactly what they've got from this trade. They've All got three. Yep. Vanderbilt coming in with that energy. We've seen players like Iguodala, players like Draymond Green, even a Mikhail Bridges, that sort of wing long defender that provides a lot of energy and a lot of uh, buzz around the ball and a lot of pressure on the, the ball carrier of the other team mm. as well, which you will really need in the playoffs. Uh, and also, obviously, um, Beasley provides so much three-point shooting. It's Essentially, all he does, but uh, as you said, you'd know better than most. But him on the defensive end, what's he like there? It's actually quite decent. He he was a player last year that set out a goal to become an all-defensive player. He prioritizes it and he cares about it, which is I think is probably eighty percent of what needs to be. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need. It's just a player to care about the defensive end and really prioritize that is sort of massive. And if they give all that effort on the defensive end and they have the physical attributes, they're going to be a great defender. Now we talk about the price that the Lakers got these three players for. A Russell Westbrook in one first. That's a win. The how they gave up only one first, I will never understand. I thought that twenty nine one was going for sure. Hundred percent. The twenty seven and twenty nine were on the block for just about everyone in every trade that they were trying to do. Uh, but the fact that they got that over the line with even a protected twenty seven as well, yeah, uh, with the top four protection on it, it just really bodes well uh, for Rob Polinka. And I saw a really interesting one, uh, which was 
uh, when any, any bad Lakers move, LeBron's like blamed for it. Yeah. So like, oh, you brought Westbrook in. It's all LeBron's yes, fault. Yes, yes, As if he sort of went in there with a balaclava on and a gun to <laughs> Rob Plinker's head. But then when all of these great players come and want to play for the Lakers with uh, LeBron James, it's Rob Plinker's fault. And it's like, yeah. oh, look, Rob Plinker, he's done all this great work. Yeah. Like, look at him, how he's killed this trade period. Um, but it is really interesting, but... I think the Lakers did so well in this situation and to think that they could have sort of wasted the same assets on uh, like a Kyrie Irving, I think this is a lot better for them and provides them with that depth that they do so desperately need. Agreed, agreed. Now, a loser. Works again in, in a perfect sense is the Utah. I think Utah has to be a loser here. Yeah. What they actually got back for a Beasley and a Vanderbilt and a Mike Connolly it actually wasn't that great, was it? No, well, I it wasn't. thought that this tr- this trade here for Utah, for Utah had a lot more worth. Mm. They even gave away seconds to Minnesota yep. to get rid of Conley. Uh, I think it's an absolute L by Utah. And I mean, Westbrook they've bought out. Mm. Whatever happens with him, that's you know to be seen. But it's, I think it's a loss. Well, I think what they could have done was they could have traded Conley for a first. Yep. And they could have also traded Beasley and Vanderbilt for a first or a couple of seconds at least. We saw how like sort of crazy the seconds market was this is true. Um, just, just over this uh, dr- trade deadline. But I think you could have easily got two or three first-round picks out of that if you traded these players individually. But you got caught up in this big three-way trade where you ended up just getting like a protected 29 pick out of it. By 2029, LeBron's going to be, what, 42? Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't think he'd be in the league. AD, almost definitely not going to be there. And none of this Lakers roster is going to be there. And they're not going to have any picks to build it up. So they could literally be the worst team in the league. And then you essentially get nothing from that trade because yep. it's top four protected. Interesting. I'm not too sure about mm. Utah there. You, you would have thought that Russell Westbrook's contract is worth more than a one first round protected pick yep. and a bunch of pieces. Yeah, exactly. And it's strange as well because you think that they would be able to have that bargaining power because they're not really in a rush to get rid of these assets. Absolutely no need. And I think that they had everyone, no need. They're actually no. playing good basketball, not to mention. They are. And I think a lot of the um, a lot of the teams around the league would actually want these players. So 100%. they sort of had all of the bidding power. Yeah. Uh, but then, and they didn't even have to rush it either. It was done for only 15 hours before the trade deadline. So bit of an L for Utah here. You're completely right. But I just think they could have got a lot more out of it. Agreed. Now, another side of the trade here and a winner for me and for most people, surprisingly. I wasn't sure how the public were going to take this, but they've taken it very, very well. And that's Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, acquiring Conley. He's a better fit for Minnesota. That's just get that straight off the board. He's a better facilitator, better facilitator a better playmaker, uh, takes better care of the ball. He's got playoff experience. He's got games experience. He's 35 years old. Conley fits a young Minnesota team. Yep. He's got experience with Rudy Gobert. He's got experience with playing with bigs. You know, so his Memphis days where he had Zebo and uh, Marcus Ole. He's used to playing with these big dominant tools. Mm. That's what Minnesota has. 100%. He, then he's gonna, he said in an interview this morning, actually, before the game, he goes, I'll take an assist over a bucket every day of the week. Yep. That's what we need. That's what Minnesota needs. It's a perfect fit for Minnesota. And I, it was very, very hush-hush in Minnesota was the whole D-Lo talks. Mm. We just assumed he was going to get extended, playing great basketball this year. The extension was going to happen. As soon as he's gone, all the reports have come out here. They offered him this, 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 and this, and he declined them all. Yeah. So Minnesota had to make this move, and they did. And to get something back, a Conley and a kill Alexander Walker, who you're quite... Yeah, I'm extremely high on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he provides a real buzz, especially off the bench for you guys. 
in a playoff series, I think that could be massive as that sort of Jordan Clarkson top uh, contributor as well. If he, especially if he comes on with a level head like J Mac that I yeah. know you love as well. So uh, him coming on, he's got great length as well. Uh, I think he's about six foot three point guard, but he's got like a six eight wingspan. Yeah, he's long. Um, so I think it's fantastic pickup, just as a little throw in as well. Agreed. And then three seconds on top, which Minnesota needs draft capital back. Yeah. So. And- also, with Conley, the reason I like it, it just pro- like provides an adult in the room. 100%. They talk about this a lot. Like Obviously, a lot of people credit um, Pat Beverly um, as a massive contributor to helping you guys with your success last year. Correct. Which a lot of people might laugh at that and think, oh, yeah, obviously, Pat Bev isn't a great player, but he's that adult in the room. He's there to push people. He keeps people accountable. Plays playoffs every year. Plays playoffs every year. He, know what it, he knows what it takes. And I think Conley can really provide that. And that's why it's sort of important to take a step back and look at what Conley provides to the Timberwolves uh, rather than looking at Conley versus D'Lo because in that, you'd obviously look at D'Lo as a much better player. Yeah. But Conley fits so much better because his strengths more lie on the defensive end, obviously the experience playing above the shoulders, and then also his passing ability as well. Whereas D'Lo, a lot of his strength relies on carrying the ball and shooting. Uh, which is actually what the Lakers need. So it's the perfect trade where yeah. everyone wins in a sense. Uh, and I think it's just going to be fantastic, especially for that fit with Gobert. I think, as you said, he can really unlock him. And he makes Ant better too. Mm. All right, loser. Every other contender that sat on their hands, and there's quite a few contenders that sat there and did absolutely nothing, yeah. which surprised a few. Yeah. You think about the Miami Heat. Rumors, non-stop about the Heat doing this, this, and this. Oh, maybe they move Lowry. Maybe they do this or this. Nothing. No. We have the Bulls, nothing. The Raptors, Jakob Pertl's not anything to get excited about. No. A whole bunch of teams that are lying around their uh, five to ten regions in their conferences, they did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, this is one thing that really disappointed me about all three of these teams. I think they've got very tradable assets, uh, especially the Raptors. Everyone right now is looking for that um, 3 and D wing and then for it to come out that they were offered three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. And turned it and down? Said no, like for what? three first-round picks. You look at, obviously, you look at what Kevin Durant went for. I wouldn't even see OG, see OG Ananobi as a quarter of the player he Couldn't is. Couldn't tie shoelaces. And they still got a similar amount of picks to what uh, Kevin Durant sort of offered as well. So for them not to take that, I think it's just absurd. They've just gone gone in there with another team I'd like to add in is Portland as well. Yep. Uh, Portland, just those middling teams, the Heat, Bulls, Raptors, Portland, all just going nowhere in a hurry. And in that no man's land, that's the worst place you can oh, be in the NBA. I hate it. You're not getting a high pick, or in the Bulls case, they're not getting their pick at all. Uh, and then you're also not competing whatsoever. You're nowhere near good enough. Like The Bulls really should have made this opportunity to flip Levine yeah. 100%. That would have got you a couple of picks at least maybe a couple of young assets as well. Flip Caruso, you saw what the Warriors paid for Gary Payton Jr. And he is like half the player that Caruso is. And then also players like DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. These players, it's been proven that they're just not going to help you win. You're not going to get anywhere with them. So you may as well get assets out of them to future-proof your team, especially for a team, as I said, like the Bulls, don't have their first-round pick. They could get in there this year and just tank uh, if they unloaded all their players off because their pick's actually top five protected. But... I don't know what these teams are doing. They're just sort of the middling with shit contracts, average players, and just sort of they're falling into that no man's land that you don't want to be in. You're spending all year trying to get 10th yep. and playing a play in. Yeah, and what? they get knocked out first round if and, you're lucky. And you think you're a good team. It's a mess. All right. Now, I've got this one as a winner and a loser because yep. it was a huge winner in my eyes, a huge yep. winner in your eyes. Now, with uh, hindsight, maybe it was a loser. Who knows? But that is Dallas getting Lucas some help and getting Kyrie Irving. 
I loved the trade at the time. I love it, yeah. You got in a, a star. Simple mm. as that. Best player on the market at the time. He wanted out, bang, get him in on a relatively cheap deal. Yeah. And the West was open. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, right. now the West is not so open. So that's changed, but that's no fault of Dallas. Yeah. Great move. And I think it works with Luca. I don't know why people say it won't. Yeah, I think it's a bit silly that people saying it won't work with Luca. Obviously, Luca's had uh, a fair bit of usage this year. He's got an all-time high percentage with usage at 38%. But the reason that he's done that is because we have no one. His second and third options were players like Christian Wood, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock. These aren't the sort of players that are going to win you games. No. Um, so when your options are like that, you want the ball in your best player's hands, and that's Luca. And it's not even close. So he grew up playing Euro ball, which is all about sharing the ball. No one in Europe really averages above 20 points per game. So it's going to be really important to understand that he has that sort of passing ability and that team first nature already built into his DNA. So I think with Kyrie, it's going to work perfectly. And we've seen Kyrie work with so many ball dominant uh, forwards, like you were alluding to. Obviously, he's he's worked well with Tatum. Even if that ended in a mess, he won a championship with LeBron. He's yep. one of the most ball-dominant players in the league. And Kevin Durant. And someone like a Durant has almost exactly the same skills skill set as uh, Kyrie Irving. Whereas someone like Luka Doncic, yeah, he's great at scoring. But he's sort of great at scoring out of necessity. He's more of a yep. great passer, a great feeler of the play and feeler of the game. Um, that I think it's just going to work perfectly. But okay. as you said, it's, it's a real like, hit in the nuts because... It was a bit of a home run, uh, sort of big ding. Because the West big looked swing, no ding. so open. It was so open. It was like it was the perfect risk to take. Yeah. It is a risk. Obviously, Kyrie comes with his baggage, and obviously, Kyrie is uh, on an expiring contract this year. Uh, so that can pose a bit of an issue that we could have lost uh, a pick or two for for nothing really. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's really worth it still, regardless. But Incredible. it's going to be hard to get past Phoenix. I completely agree. All right, some other trades. We're going to go into too much depth, but a little bit. Uh, firstly, John Wall, lol. Poor bloke. Poor bloke. Back at Houston. Literally came out on a podcast a couple months ago and talked about how... How bad is that? His time at Houston was the worst ever and he hates Houston and what they did with him, they just he would never forgive them and now he's straight back there, And now so. he's back. What a mess. We talk about uh, Jay Crowder going to the Bucks. Yeah. Paid five second round picks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the second round picks. I don't know what this... It's. It, uh, I, don't, do, I don't understand. Do you know how many second round picks were dealt over the trade period? 40. 38. Yeah, Very cool. close. good guess by me. 38 second round picks were dealt over the trade period. So, Absurd. Um, I think to pay five first round picks for Crowder is an overpay, but Completely overpaid, if you can get the Bucks to nearer a championship, then it's worth it. It's not going to hurt, is he? I guess he's, no, he's probably an upgrade on a Wesley Matthews or something or other. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've got the Clippers reload slightly. Yeah. I don't think there's a team in the NBA that loves depth. More than the Clippers. Yeah, they do have quite a lot of depth. Like their tenth best player is probably like Nicholas Batum, who's still a good player. Yeah. So like it just keeps going on and on and on. They get rid of three players and they bring in Plumley. Love that acquisition. Love that, yeah. He is a stud, great passing big man, great rebounding big man. Can't shoot a lick of free throws, but regardless, great backup to Zubac. And also Zubac's numbers have been slowly decreasing over the last month or so as he's been carrying so much of a load. He's playing thirty eight minutes. A well, game. who is their backup centre right now? I don't think... Uh, I think it's a Moses Brown Batum. I think Batum. Batum is like Moses later. Brown is saying his name. He was playing a few oh, minutes here and there. Well. That's it. So oh, that's, how, yeah. that's how deep they've been, they've been going. Yeah. So it, it's an issue. I think it's fantastic to have that sort of backup for him. person To play sort of like 20 minutes a game uh, and they can split the minutes quite evenly and both have their sort of 
strengths and weaknesses as well. This is right. Now, they get rid of Reggie Jackson and bring in a Bones Highland. Now, Love it so I think much. that's a great trade. I think Reggie Jackson, so I think Bones is a better player than Reggie, and you get the future upgrade, obviously. Yeah. So and it makes perfect sense. Also, you have three years of um, of contract flexibility with Bones as well. Yes. So um, you've obviously got that rookie extension with him. Uh, so he's on basically no money, and he can be your point guard of the future. He can. Um, which is fantastic, and it's something this team hasn't done whatsoever is f- future-proof their team. Um, but I think it's a fantastic acquisition. And obviously with Eric Gordon as well. Eric Gordon's an interesting one. Great was, pickup. But you get rid of Luke Kennard. And I don't really see the huge upside in a Luke Kennard to Eric Gordon. Yeah. Mate, experience, is that's probably the only differential. I think the issue is that Luke Kennard is a genuine zero on defense. And also ball handling, he's one of the worst players in the league. At least Eric Gordon can actually sort of hold his own on defense to some extent. He's a bigger body. And, and he's an adult in the room. Yeah, an adult in the room as well. He's been there before. He's literally been to the Clippers before. So um, it's just going to be really good for the, the Clippers going forward. I think they needed this boost, uh, and it's going to really see a, a, a big improvement in the Clippers, I think. Agreed. Now, to end with a fan of the... Probably the biggest player we've spoken about in the podcast is Russell Westbrook. Yep. Where... It, what's the goal now? He's brought out by Utah. Yep. There's talks of Miami. There's talks of the Clippers. What is the Westbrook goal now? I think it's obviously to get somewhere where he can show the league that he's still got it. And I is... think that has to be a bottom five team. Oh, no. I can't see him going to a contender and just being a Luke Kennard off the bench. You know what I mean? I can't... And we saw it at Lakers. It didn't, mm. it didn't work. I wouldn't say it was a, a complete failure. Yeah. But it didn't work. Well, the thing, It's an interesting one now. The thing with uh, Russell Westbrook, obviously, one of his biggest attributes is his playmaking. Yeah. So I feel like the perfect landing spot for him has to be the Miami Heat because they have no playmakers. Jimmy Butler, as great as I think he is, he's not a true playmaker whatsoever. No. Bam Adebayo, obviously, he great can for playmake. A big man. Great for a big man, but not great just in general. No. And outside of that, they just sort of have like these random heat culture players yeah. uh, that don't really have that experience handling the ball. And, and obviously Kyle Lowry's just been woeful this year. Averaging, so. I, think, I think he's averaging less than four assists on the year. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing. And I think if Westbrook's ever going to swallow his pride, it's at the Miami Heat. <laughs> he's not going to get away with bullshit there. I think they're really going to enjoy his work ethic and his tenacity. I think that's what all they're all about there. Um, and I, I'd love to see him end up at the Miami Heat. I think... Him there with, with Butler and Bam Adebayo, I think they could go pretty far in the East. Uh, obviously, with the defensive ability that they all have as well, I think Westbrook's going to be great there. But he just has to go to a contender, I think, where he can just show that he still deserves to be in the NBA because he's out of contract now. So I don't know if he's going to get a contract, a multi-year contract. I think he'll definitely get a one-year deal at least next year. But Someone will pick him up, of course. But he's a But he's a very detrimental player. Like... He does not. He sort of improves others around him, but I think he takes far more than he gives. So that's my um, issue. But I feel like the Miami Heat have to do something. They didn't do anything, as we spoke about before, as them being losers. And I think this would patch up them doing nothing over the the trade period. And I wouldn't be shocked if he takes all Larry's minutes in the end because Larry yeah. looks done. Oh, I think Larry is done. So yeah. I agree. All right, that's the end of our uh, what we call it a trade period reaction episode. Thank you very much for listening. We are back. By the way, um, let us know on Instagram and all social medias. Talk to us about the trade period. Who are your winners and losers? Talk to us about Kevin Durant, all the Lakers, the Minnesota. We love to hear it. Thanks thanks for all the love as well on the recent Instagram posts and uh, all of the interaction on the polls and everything as well. Really do appreciate that. So. Beautiful. We're now we're going to be uploading a Super Bowl preview episode uh, today as well. So keep your 
Cheers, Kim. Give him a build and be ready for it. Thank you very much. Reminiscing on the days I ain't know what was ahead. What I gotta do to make sure the family fed.